Because if there was no doubt.
once was lost But now I'm found Once was lost But now I'm found So far away But I'm home now Once was Good morning. Oh, everybody's got over their turkey comas, I can tell. That's good. How is everyone? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Good. I'm glad to see you. Let's all stand up, and uh, we will begin our worship. We are going to start with our old-fashioned Christmas theme. Did you like it? Pretty pretty old-fashioned-y, right? So... We're going to start. Yeah, super fun. I'm, I'm a Christmas girl, so I love Christmas. So we're going to start by, uh, I bet you'll recognize this one. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you Take a look at the five and ten Glistening once again With candy canes and syrup lanes to glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the 
the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. A pair of hop-along boots and pencils that shoots is a sensational party and band. Dolls of a talking will go for a walk is a hope of Janice and Jen. And mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. There's a tree in the Grand Hotel and one in the park as well. The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Soon the bells will start and the thing that will make them the carol that you sing right within your heart. It's beginning to look a lot stuff too, right? Could you guys turn and greet each other? Say, I'm glad you're here and Merry Christmas because it's begun. I'm glad you guys are here. I see some familiar faces that I haven't seen for a while. I'm glad you're here. It's sure fun to be together again. Just a couple things to let you guys know about. We have the women's Christmas tea next Saturday. We want to make sure you're aware of that. There are flyers that, that are around that look like this, but you will be, um, there's lots of women around that are passing those around. So next Saturday is the women's tea. So we want to make sure that if you'd like to be there, uh, Barb Fritz is over here. Put your hand up, Barb. And you can talk to Barb and she will absolutely give you all the details that you need to know. It's 1.30, 1.30, 1.30 o'clock. All right. So we want to make sure you're aware of that. 
and then we're back to normal schedule for the prayer meeting on Wednesday night. If you guys have a prayer request, I've already received one this morning. They're back on the tables by the doors. Please fill those out and give them to us, and we will make sure that they are prayed over. Okay, and if you also have any praise reports, we'd love to hear about them. We'd love to hear about them. So let's open the service today with uh, welcoming the Holy Spirit in. Would you, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for being here this morning. Father, I thank you for this week to remember what you've done just in our country and in our families, Lord. I pray, Father, that, that we will continue to be thankful for all of the little things that you do that we just don't pay attention to a lot of the time. Lord, I pray that you'll remind us of, of the things that may not be in a place where we're ready to say thank you yet because it hasn't happened, but anticipate your hand and your movement. Lord, I know that you use times to get us on our knees, so I pray we'll be obedient, that we'll just spend time with you and talk to you. And Lord, I just thank you for what you're going to do in the service today. I thank you so much, Father, for, for already being here with us. And Lord, I pray that you will feel free to move here. I pray that you will feel free to move among your kids, that we'll set our hearts aside with all of our worries, and with all of the things that distract us. Just help us to just set them at your feet right now and just let us focus on, on this impending season of, of your coming as a baby to save this huge, great, big world and the whole mess that it was. And it is, but you have already conquered it. And we are so grateful that you were willing to come and to do that for us. And that you know us individually and that you meet us right where you're at, where we are at. So Lord, be with us this morning. Permeate this room, Jesus. Take us over. Take our hearts and our minds over. And I pray that you will fill this place with your spirit because we want you here. We're anticipating what you're going to do. And Lord, even if we didn't come ready, we just feel a little out of sorts, calm our spirits down, Jesus. Just calm us down. Let us focus on you because you have a plan. You always do and you don't waste a moment. So we're going to trust you with it this morning and we're going to praise you and we just love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
I don't know if you guys can see him, but that's what excitement was when Jesus was born. Right there. He's all over and he's doing a great job worshiping. That's awesome. <laughs> I love I tell you, teach them when they're young and they will keep worshiping. It's beautiful. Well, and then after you learn to worship, then you go and tell people about Jesus, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born.
God had said he was going to do something, and they were just waiting, just waiting and waiting and waiting for like a really long time. So for us, waiting is like five cars in the drive-thru, right? (laughs) But to them, this was hundreds of years waiting for their Savior. And we're waiting for him to come back now, and I'm ready. My suitcase is packed. I am ready. But uh, <laughs> I'm ready for him. But there's still a lot of people that need to know who he is. Still a lot of people that don't know him. And I want them to know him, so I'm praying him in. But can you imagine waiting hundreds and hundreds of years in slavery and in conditions that were unbelievable? And then he came as a little tiny baby and not quite what they had expected. Right? So it makes you wonder what he's going to come like this time. We have some, some idea, because Scripture def- definitely tells us that. But it's going to be pretty amazing for his return, and I'm excited for that for sure. Thy people free from 
Father, for being here this morning. Lord, we love you. We need you here, and we want you here, and we're getting ready now, Lord, to worship you with our offering and, and our tithes. And Jesus, I just pray that you will, you will come in, that you will take over our hearts, Lord, that we will remember you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
Father, I pray that you will just be with us today as we continue to learn and worship you. Move in us, Holy Spirit, because we need you here. I thank you for being here, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Tim is still actually traveling back from Kansas, having Thanksgiving with his daughter. So he's on his way back, and we get to have Pastor Larry King teach us this morning. So I'm excited about that again, the way he brings God's Word and anointing. And um, it's super special to have him here. So I'm going to have him come and teach us God's Word. Thank you so much. I forgot to bring a drink. I usually don't carry coffee with me to the... Everybody disappeared. Would you pray with me? I thank you, Father, for this day. I thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for hope. I thank you for this part of your family here as we gather today. I pray that you take my words, Lord, and let them speak life and love to these children that are precious to you. The 70-year-olds, the 80-year-olds, those that might be 90. We're just children to you, Lord. And you look at us and you see something precious in us. And I rejoice that I get to share with your family today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, uh, we're just sliding past Thanksgiving. And... Uh, I'm, I'm glad for that because I love Christmas. But some of y'all been cheating. How many of you have had your Christmas tree up before Thanksgiving? Uh-huh. I know you. You too. Some of you have had your Christmas, your Christmas trees up while the deer we're still eating my pumpkins off my front porch. That's how this deal works. Well, Christmas is always special at our house. And one of the things that make it, makes it special is I'm as surprised to watch what I got for my grandchildren as they are. It just happens that way. Oh, my goodness, my tie's crooked. I'm gone. Um, Jane starts Christmas shopping, oh, 
December 26th, 27th for the next year. Christmas is always very special for us. Uh, Family Christmas. I want to tell you that we raised three children, and all three of them are different as night and day. They just are. Lucas and his family are here today, and uh, yay, and my two grandchildren, yay, well, see, there was a time in our lives we didn't think that our kids were going to like each other, I mean, that they would ever be friends, you guys ever had children like that? Now, one of the things that make us proudest about being parents, just about being humans, is the love that our children have for one another. We didn't think we'd ever get there, and now it is. And when we gather together for Christmas, or any holiday, but Christmas is extra special. And something magic happens. We live in a small house, so we house lots of the grandchildren, particularly the younger ones. It keeps the older ones from killing them. So we keep them at our house, but we have them on the floor, in the beach room, on uh, the couch, on air mattresses. But then we go over to Lucas and Maddie's house, and they have lots of space. And we're gathered together there. Lucas is our Christmas boy. It started when he was little bitty. And he has a sister that's a year and a half older than he is. And he would go and torment her to get up, let's go. And then we got a little brother came along behind him. And he, the three of them would come and romp on us early in the morning. We had a Christmas cat. Anybody else have a Christmas cat? Well, I told you we were special. We, we had a big, fat, black and white Manx cat. His name was Skeef. Don't ask me where the name came from. The kids did that. He didn't ever climb in the Christmas tree like some cats do. This one loved to set on the packages. He would crawl under the tree, but he would find his place and just get comfortable there. Christmas is great for us. We love being together. There are board games going on. There's puzzles being put together. And I suppose our, our gatherings probably look something like yours. Um, Christmas morning, you can't find the floor because of all the Christmas wrappings. Uh, we still have a couple of smalls and they make more noise than, than all the adults put together. And I love every bit of it. I'm a, I'm a blessed man that I have a, a family that loves one another. And I know there are some that that's not the case. As we turn the, the pages here, we're starting... Advent. This is the first Sunday of Advent. It might be.
Most, uh, most Advent wreaths or candles, uh, there, there are four of them uh, always, and, and they mean hope, love, joy, and peace. And some denominations call that last one the purity candle. And then the fifth candle we light on Christmas Day to remind us that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. This candle that we lit today is known as the prophet's candle. It's the candle of hope. The Advent speaks to us about two different things. It speaks to us certainly about the coming of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah being born in his birth in Bethlehem, the gift that God sent to us because he loves us. The second thing that it speaks to us is about a second coming. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm grateful, grateful for the, for the gift of Jesus Christ. When he comes back, Lori, I thought you were going to preach my message. I was going to throw something at you, but Jane said no. When Jesus returns, he's not coming as an infant. He's coming as as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he's coming together, those of us who have received that wonderful gift that he's offered to everyone. And he's got a plan for us. And that plan is to get us out of here. I love the whole story of, Jesus, of, uh, of Christmas. I love the virgin birth. And, and the announcement to Mary that, that she was chosen. And, the, the, and then the angel goes to Joseph and helps Mary out a little bit with an explanation that this child is conceived by the Holy Spirit. I love that. Jesus came to earth to tell us how much God loves us. He spoke it, he told us, and then he lived it. And greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And he did that for us. I get that the the children of Israel were, were anticipating and probably frustrated because it went on and on and on, the coming of the promise of the Messiah. I get that. And they they were looking for a warrior to show up, somebody to deliver them from Rome and from the oppression and tyranny of the Roman Empire. But they'd been through that before with other kingdoms. And when Jesus spoke about a kingdom... They thought he was talking about an earthly kingdom, but he was talking about a spiritual kingdom. Any spiritual kingdom people here?
The kingdom of God doesn't begin when we die and pass from this life to the next one. The kingdom of God for you happens when you receive Jesus Christ. You step from one world into another. He has a plan for us and that plan deals a whole bunch with what we do here on earth in the time that we have remaining from the time we come to know Him. I love the announcement to the shepherds. I bring you good tidings of great joy that will be for all people. Isn't that an incredible line? And for the heavenly host of angels that gather together and, and, they, and they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. I love all that. I love that the Father put a star in heaven to lead the wise men to the very place where the the child was born in Bethlehem. I love the idea of exchanging gifts. We do that because God gave us the gift of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I also like the idea that giving comes from the Magi, from the wise men, when they come and they brought their gifts to Mary and Joseph and they gave them to them and had no idea probably what they were going to do with them. I don't know what you do with frankincense and myrrh and gold. Oh, I could figure out the gold part. But I wouldn't know what they would do with them. Isn't it interesting that shortly an angel comes and warns them, you need to get out of here. You need to get down to Egypt. Herod's coming to kill all the children that are born here from two years and under. And they had these resources, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God had a plan. I love all that. This morning, I want to remind you about God's faithfulness. We have hope that God has a plan for us and is going to take us out of here at some point. Whether we die and we take our last breath and our spirit leaves our body and we go to heaven that way or what a day it will be for those that are here when the trumpet sounds and Jesus comes riding on a white horse with a name written on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and we're out of here and meet him in the sky. Oh, I want to be there. More importantly, I want my children, my grandchildren, to be there, up and out of here with the King of Kings. I want to share with you some scriptures this morning that were written 2,000 years ago. And of course, there's still a dispute where they came from because the book of Hebrews, and some people don't believe that uh, Paul wrote that. I I would lean towards Paul, but I'm not a scholar. Uh, 
he wrote these scriptures in Hebrews chapter 6, and, and I'm, we're going to use the Living Bible, if, if uh, they ha- have that ready for us anyway. Um, he wrote these to Jewish Christians. Jews who had given their life, had recognized that Jesus was the Messiah. And he wanted to remind them that God's faithful. Hang in there. Don't give up. God's got a plan. And you're a part of it. His promises are true. God had promised Abraham a land of his own. And he promised Abraham, that a whole nation of descendants would come before him, or after him and through him. And he, and he, he promised that all the nations of the earth would be blessed because of him. Think about that. That was 2,000 years before Jesus showed up. And they had been waiting for the fulfillment of that. Eventually, Abram's, Abraham's descendants become the nation of Israel. And through the nation of Israel ends up coming the Messiah. Here's what Hebrews says in the, in the Living Bible. I, I chose the Living Bible for the Scripture because there are words in here about immutability. Immutable. Immutability. It sounds like legal jargon if you read it in New King James, which is the best version, by the way. The writer says this. For instance, there was God's promise to Abraham. Abraham, he, he took an oath with his own name, since there was no greater name to swear by that he would bless Abraham again and again and give him a son and make him the father of a great nation of people. And Abraham waited patiently until finally God gave him a son, Isaac, just as he had promised. Listen, that, that original promise happens uh, in, when God tells Abraham, get out of this country. I'm going to take you to another place. That happens in Genesis 12. Um, Genesis 15, God makes it a covenant with Abraham. Genesis 17, he promises him a son. Abraham is 99 years old and his wife is 90. And God promises him a son. And that fulfillment happens in Genesis 21. He goes on and says, verse, verse 16, When a man takes an oath, he is calling upon someone greater than himself uh, to force him to do what he says he's, what he's promised or to punish him if he refuses to do it. The oath, the oath ends the argument about it. God also bound himself with an oath so that those he promised to, to help uh, be perfectly sure, could be perfectly sure that 
they never need to wonder whether he might change his mind or not. That's that immutability. It can't be changed. Once God says it, that's it. That's the way it is. The, the promise is true. It says this is the certain hope. Oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, no, verse 19. The certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls, connecting us with God himself behind the sacred curtain of heaven where Christ has gone ahead to plead for us for, from his position as our high priest with the honor and rank of Melchizedek. During difficult times in our life, these days, when we live in the greatest nation on earth, and yet we find ourselves so divided, it's like it's good against evil all the time. And I'm not sure which side I'm on sometimes because it seems to switch. We live in a difficult time. We need to remember that God promised and he swore by himself to give us an eternal inheritance. What we see here is not the end. It's not even near the best. God's promise and his oath to us ought to give us hope and encouragement. That hope is an anchor to our soul. My best friend, my longest friend, from fourth grade is trying to die right now. He lives in Overland Park, Kansas. We've been friends since fourth grade. And I love that guy. And there are times he isn't even very likable. And I'm sure he could say that about me. But we have a connection. And I'm at peace. I shed tears when I got the call night before last and held Jane in my arms at four o'clock in the morning and wept and cried because we know it's at the end. I'm secure in knowing that I'm going to see my friend again. When God was dealing with me as a 25, 26-year-old guy, I went to him. I had already asked Christ in my life. I was divorced, and Jane was living in, a, in Alaska, and my life was... It was turning and it was good and God was doing good things in me. But his, this friend of mine, I told him one day, I drove up to where he and his wife lived and said, I don't know how you can raise these two little boys and not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. A few weeks later was Easter Sunday, 1975. 
I had been baptizing my friends, leading them to the Lord and taking them down to the creek and baptizing them. And then I got in trouble with the Baptist church because I found out only clergy can do that. But my Bible didn't say that. But at that Baptist church, that, they went with me that Easter Sunday. And the, at the end of the service, they gave an altar call. And I'm sitting there with my head down. And I heard some shuffling. And I looked up. And here's my friend and his wife. And there are two little boys walking down the aisle. And I had to hurry to catch up to them. I, had, I knew that I was already secure, but I hadn't made a public declaration. So I wanted to do that with them. Because of that time and our sharing life over the years after that, I'm going to see my friend again. I want to tell you a little bit about God's track record. It's one thing for me to tell you that he keeps his promises. It's another one to prove it. There are times when I've asked for things and I didn't get what I wanted. And I wasn't very happy about that. And years later, I look back at some of the things that I wanted and didn't get, and I'm so grateful. The story of God's faithfulness and his promises to mankind starts in Genesis. Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit that was forbidden. It looks like Satan had won. God was at a, had a dilemma facing him. What, what's he going to do uh, with this man and woman that he had created? And then they violated things. The idea that God could have a relationship with human beings was just about washed away. What, what was God to do? But God had a plan. God wasn't surprised by Adam and Eve's messing up. And by the way, he's not surprised by yours or mine either. And he loves us anyway. And he's made a way for us. God gave Adam and Eve, and you and I, because we have scriptures to read, a glimpse of what his plan for the future was. In Genesis 3, God speaks to the serpent, and he says, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle, and more than every beast of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Listen, Satan never forgot those words. Why do you think Cain killed Abel? Do you think it was just a fit of rage? Where did that hatred come that was in his heart that he would kill Abel? Where did that come from? Satan was at war with the seed of the woman. Why do you think Herod sent an army down to destroy all the children two years old and younger? Why did that happen? 
Because Satan is behind it and he's trying to destroy the seed of the woman. The promise still is out there. He wounded Jesus. There's no doubt about it. He took a good shot and thought he had won when Jesus died on the cross. But Resurrection Sunday was coming. Hallelujah. And the war is not over. And Satan knows his time is limited. God had a plan. That plan was about a specific person. And that person would be a man, and that man would enter this world through the birth canal of a woman. This man would fight Satan. He, and he will, and Satan would strike him. But in the end, he's going to be crushed. As we read through the Old Testament, we'll find promise after promise that God made to certain people about a specific man who was coming. A man who was going to eventually destroy Satan and save Israel and save others who would come to a relationship with God through the Messiah. This man would be a Jew. He would come from the the tribe of Judah. He'd be a descendant of David. He'd be born in Bethlehem. He'd be born to a virgin. Listen, there's never been another human being born on earth that would line up with all of these things. In preparation for today's message to share with you, I read 41 messianic prophecies in the Old Testament. God had a plan. With every one of those that he gives us, he gives us a little bit more detail about who this person is going to be. What are they going to accomplish? What are they going, where are they coming from? What can we expect from them? Jesus is the only one who lines up with that. God's faithful. He has a plan. In Matthew 21, we're given the earthly genealogy of, of uh, the Messiah. It's an interesting list. It's full of liars, adulterers, cheaters, murderers. There are four women that are listed in the lineage of Jesus. Tamar, who slept with Judah, Rahab, the harlot, Ruth, who was a Moabitess, Bathsheba, who committed adultery with David. Three of them were Gentiles. Uh, Three were involved in some kind of sexual immorality. Two were involved in prostitution. One was an adulteress. But all four of them are listed in the lineage of Jesus. Think about that. You know what that tells me? That tells me that there's hope for me. God keeps his promises no matter what. God uses all sorts of people in order to keep his promises. God 
always had had to use imperfect people. That's all he had to work with. That's good news for me. Listen, I'm, I'm probably more impatient than every one of those Jews that were, the letter of Hebrews was written to. Our first child was supposed to be born October 1st. She didn't show up till October 12th. Somewhere about the 6th or 7th, I decided that Jane had been lying to me all along. She was just fat. Ah, where's this child? I've been, we did it the old-fashioned way. We didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. I didn't want to know. I just wanted it to be Christmas present and open the present. And it didn't happen for like 12 years. Okay, 12 days. But, but it seemed like a long time. I'm impatient. I want God to do things quickly. And His ways aren't my ways. And you're very lucky that that's so. I, I just appreciate His care for me. Hope lies in His faithfulness. I trust God. I know when I don't get the things I want when I want them, there's a reason for it. And I know that sometimes the answer is going to be no. As I wept, crying for my friend, <clears throat> I asked for life. That's what I do. I live here. I think about his wife. I think about his two sons, his, his, his two grandchildren. I think about that, what they're going to face. They're really close-knit. I ask for life. Somewhere in my prayer time, I said, you know, Lord, I'm okay with whatever goes down now because I know that Mike has his ticket punched. I know where he's going to go. I don't understand that jigsaw puzzle of how everything works together for good. That's way beyond me. What I do know is this God that I've served since 1975 has never let me down. I trust him over and over again. I wonder, do you know him? One of my big concerns in, in church life is it's so easy for us to pray and ask Jesus into our life. If I sat down with a non-believer, if they don't accept Christ, they'd almost have to be foolish because it's so easy. I'm, I feel responsible for a lot of those things that I've done and shared with people and them, and them pray the prayer. And years later, I can't see any evidence in their lives. Do you know what I'm talking about? Jesus came to transform us. 
I'm not the same person I was. He gave me a new heart and a new spirit. And I'm way different. And there are people that have been coming from church forever and they said a prayer, but their faith is in the prayer to save them and it's Jesus that's going to save them, not their prayer. I don't want to discourage people. I want us to think about that. I want to just cast this out for you, for me, for the people we love. If Jesus is Lord of our life, our lives will be changing. Our attitudes will be changing. I have to forgive people that I don't want to. You get it? You hurt people I love and you get on my naughty list. I need to surrender that stuff to the Lord. When somebody screws up, they're no different than what I do and I step on people's toes now and then and I have to own up to it. As we close today, I just want to invite you to let the Lord come in. If you've already done it, that's wonderful. You could use a refilling. You all leak. The world drains us. I need more and more of Jesus in my life. I want to know it. I want to know that my life's transformed, that I make a difference, that I touch lives for Him. Not putting check marks in my Bible for how many people I led to the Lord. I want to be a difference maker. I want you to do the same. Lori, we're going to sing a song, and I'm going to hang around for a while. If you have any doubts, any questions, I, I don't know how many answers I have, but I want you to be encouraged and not discouraged. God is good and he has a plan for you, and that plan has been from the beginning. Be- the beginning, before the sin, original sin happened in life, that's tainted all of us. I want him to change me continually. Amen. Let's stand together. I think the comfort that comes for you with Mike is because he knows him. Watching them go through the suffering, but knowing that they're going to be in the arms of Jesus, and that's so comforting to know that he's going to be okay. He's going to be fine. It's us that are left behind that are, are in the bummer position but we get to have that hope in him. So that's why I want, I'm so passionate about people knowing Jesus. I want everybody to know him. So we will be here afterwards. If you don't know him and you want to, we're here. We want to help you get to know him more, but it's so worth it. So that's why we're going to do a happy song.
so we can go tell people. So we're going to do it again. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain, that Jesus Christ is born. Blessings upon my brothers and sisters, on everyone here this day. I pray that you open their hearts to receive you as Christ, as King, Lord, and Savior. I ask, Father, for them divine appointments this week, that you'll put people in their paths that have words of encouragement and words of life and whatever other gifts that we need to be there to share with us. And I ask, Father, in Jesus' name, that you have people in need that are around us and you grant us boldness so that we can speak life to them. We can reach in our pockets and 
maybe meet a need for them. You guide us and direct us. I thank you for those opportunities for ministry that happen all around us. I thank you that we get to be a part of that. And I thank you for those people you put out there that speak into our lives, Lord. I ask it all in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. There's within Good. my heart a melody. I'm, I'm well. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee. Peace be still. In all of life's ebb and flow.